This is Reverend Charles Fenson. I'm the interim pastor at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa, California. This is the morning worship service. Our address is 2850 Fairview Road, Costa Mesa, California, 92626. Our website is pccov.org, and our Facebook page is pccov. And our email is info at pccov.org. We welcome you to this service. Our vision statement is that the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant is a Christ-centered community set free by grace and placed in our neighborhoods to serve and to invite all people into a wondrous relationship with God. God bless you as you worship with us. people of God. Good morning, friends in Christ. Welcome to worship on this second Sunday in the season of Lent, and happy St. Patrick's Day 
I hope you have green on somewhere. Somewhere. We're not checking. If you are visiting with us this morning, we welcome you. We have Linda Messenger here, 30 years our organist, and her husband, choir director. Welcome back, Linda. This is old home week for you. Is there an Anglican pastor in the house? Right over here, Father Ron and Corey. Welcome, friends of Dusty and Debbie. Welcome, Father Ron. Are there other guests that we may introduce this morning? People who are new to us. Who is Irish? Who is Irish? There you are. It's your day. It's your day. Please take a moment and sign the friendship books, pass them along that we might greet you by name and have record of your worship. We continue our quiet nights. This coming Wednesday, our Lenten quiet nights over in room five for a meditative worship and then a simple supper. So come for our second quiet night. Panthers, Boy Scouts, Troop 339 is going to host us for pancake breakfast starting at 8 o'clock next Sunday morning. So come over at 8 to 10 and have some flapjacks. Thank you, Boy Scouts. Uh, women's retreat the week after Easter, sign up, no men invited. <laughs> and the service for wholeness today, and you'll hear more about that, our service for wholeness for those who would like special prayers for themselves, for their friends and family, for our world, um, for the dear folk of New Zealand. If you've been to Christchurch, that is the garden city of the lovely country of New Zealand and sadness and uh, Mozambique, dear people who have lost lives and Pastor Sharon will pray for those. Other announcements to make before our worshiping body today? So um, stand up, turn to your neighbor and say, why don't you have your name tag on? Stand up, turn to your neighbor and say, why don't you have your name tag on? Good morning. Happy St. Patrick's Day. If you could all take your seats, the choir is going to call us to worship. But first, the choir has to collect itself. our call to worship. Is not this the fast I choose to loose the bonds of injustice? To share your bread with the hungry. 
to bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to clothe them. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn. And your If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Please pray with me. God of mercy, you are full of tenderness and compassion, slow to anger, rich in mercy, and always ready to forgive. Grant us grace to renounce all evil and cling to Christ that in every way we may prove to be your loving children. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And let us continue with our hymn of praise this morning. Please be seated. May we have all the boys and girls and uh, youth come forward for the children's story, Young of Heart. All those young of heart, come on up. Nice to see you today. Oh.
Oh, Elsie's bringing me my mouthwash. <laughs> you know, I was in a restaurant in Scottsdale yesterday, a Thai restaurant, and they had green mouthwash in the men's room. Isn't that odd? But it is St. Patrick's Day and you have green. Today we are having our service for wholeness and it's with oil. Where do we get the oil? From Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's, that's right. It never gets old. And today is St. Patrick's Day. So I wonder, I wonder, is that cap on tight? Where's the facilities elder? Make sure the cap is on tight. So I wonder where in the world Ireland is. Ireland, we talk about St. Patrick's. Here, no, 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 there. Yes, can you see Ireland? It's nowhere near San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right up here. I found it. That's where St. Patrick lived, and he brought the good news of Jesus to Ireland, and he lived in 380-something to 460 something AD yes AD after so if you look up on the um, the screen there you'll see something that's all over Ireland and we had it on our screen behind the hymns too what's that a clover or a a shamrock, yeah, clover, shamrock, and when, or a cross. See the cross? Doesn't the shamrock look like a cross? Yeah. And so when Patrick went to Ireland and there's shamrocks all over Ireland, he said it's easy to understand the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit by the three leaves of the shamrock, right? Also, there's no snakes in Ireland. Thank goodness. We're all, we're all going to go there. So remember St. Patrick? Remember the shamrock? Remember the cross and the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's right. That's right. And no snakes, and no, and no snakes in Ireland. So this is like 24-7 with Everly, isn't it? You just sort of, it's like constant buzz. All right, all right, all right. So let's bow our heads and, and fold our hands and and pray together. Lord, we thank you for saints like Patrick who brought the good news to Ireland, other saints around the world who love and serve you. We pray your blessing upon each boy and girl today, and we thank you for this St. Patrick's Day. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> All right. <we're> here. <laughs> God bless everyone. Here we go. Here we go.
lot to love about you Heaven and earth adore you Kings and kingdoms bow down Son of God, you are the one You are the one You are the love that frees us You are the light that leads us Like a fire burning Son of God, you are the one You are the one We're living for Sing, sing, sing And make music with the heavens We will sing, sing, sing Grateful that you hear us When we shout your praise love about you heaven and earth adore you kings and kingdoms bow down son of god you are the one you are the one you are the love that frees us you are the light that leads us like a fire burning Son of God, you are the one, you are the one we're living for. Sing, 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 and make music with the heavens, we will sing, 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 grateful that you hear us when we
To our God we lift up one voice To our God we lift up one song To our God we lift up one voice Singing hallelujah To our God we lift up one voice To our God we lift up one song To our God we lift up one voice
shout his name.
all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made. When it's all about you, it's all about you. Will you please join me this morning reciting the prayer of Patrick? May the strength of God pilot us. May the power of God preserve us. May the wisdom of God instruct us. May the hand of God protect us. May the way of God direct us. May the host of God guard against the snares of evil and the temptations of the world. May Christ be with us, Christ before us, Christ in us, Christ over us. May your salvation, O Lord, be always over this day and forevermore. Amen. Be seated. Thank you. 
Thank you, choir. Thank you, Cornell. And welcome home, Linda. Our scripture on this second Sunday in Lent is taken from Genesis chapter 12. Let us listen for God's word. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in all the families of the earth, you shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai and his brother, son, Lot, and all the possession that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran, and they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved on to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and invoked the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on by stages toward the Negreb. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, in your will discover your peace, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So, Nora Anderson's adopted granddaughter Sienna gave a gift to the church from Sienna to church that would be you church so see what little hands have made for us and pass them through where's Nora is that alright that we do this Okay. Today I wish to begin with you a mini-series. I don't really watch TV mini-series. I don't even know if mini-series are still on. But here we have a mini-series of three sermons slightly off the lectionary of Lent 2019. Today my sermon is either entitled Discerning Abraham or Leaving Home. I like discerning Abraham, so take that away. A couple of weeks, Isaac's ministry, and finally a tough text in Genesis 21 
on the hardship of Hagar. After your holy cow mission study and your PNC election, you as a congregation began a process of discernment. Now that pastor nominating committee was called and elected by this congregation sometime last summer, I want to say August. And that began a process of discernment for this congregation. This committee of 10, the PNC, has met almost weekly for these many months, six, seven, eight, nine months, discerning with you and this congregation whom God is calling to be the next pastor, head of staff. So I want to look at this whole area of discernment with you this morning. There's the map of the journey of Abram from Ur across the Fertile Crescent and down into the land of Canaan. After 11 chapters of world history, or as my dad used to say, prehistory in Genesis 1 to 11, we begin in chapter 12 today and we are plunged abruptly and unexpectedly into the life and faith of Israel. The entry of Abraham and Sarah into the biblical story has no antecedents. These are new characters. It's a new beginning. And with this new beginning, we hear the initiative of God's word to Abram. The initiative of God's word to Abram. God speaks suddenly, freely. God speaks, and that speech of God summons, commands new partners in faith. That's the beginning of the Sarah and Abraham story of discernment. You see, Israel's life and Abram's faith and sojourn begin in God's speech. On the one hand, God's speech is a terse command, isn't it? Now, the Lord said to Abram, go. So the first utterance of God is an imperative, go. On the other hand, God's speech is an extravagant promise. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Notice that God is with Abram and Sarah on both sides of the promise. God's promise was both a call and an arrival. At the beginning, when Abram first heard the voice of God, and to the land which God, at the end of the journey, would show Sarah and Abraham. Notice also this promise has no visible guarantees, but it will govern and determine Israel's life for all time to come. Abraham and Sarah heard the call, discerned the call, not just for themselves, but for all who would come after them. I, God, extravagantly promised, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. So the pastor nominating committee here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant discerns not only 
the call of a new pastor for us now, but they are really in the process of discerning a call for a new pastor in this place for, what, years uh, to come. I remember a pastor friend of mine preached a sermon just to me about that word blessing. Let me say a word about blessing. It seemed that that pastor preached just to me that Sunday morning. It's the familiar Hebrew word for blessing, hesed. And it's New Testament Greek counterpart, irene. And Ralph traced the blessings and what blessing means in Scripture. And that sermon simply showered me that day with blessings. More than mere words, blessing means praying, wholeness, shalom, peace, and we serve our service for wholeness, a service for blessing. Christ's irony, all the best, all health, all spiritual, all physical prosperity upon people. And we can bless anyone, can't we? Any person, any people, any time. We can even bless those who disagree with us. Jesus said one day, bless your, what? Enemies. Pray for those who, what? Persecute you. God blesses Abraham, and the second part of this promise, God places Abraham intentionally among the nations whose sorry state we've been reading about through the first 11 chapters of Genesis. Now nations will have to come to terms with Abraham. Those whom Abraham blesses, God will bless. Those whom Abraham curses, God will curse. You see, Abraham is made crucial for the status of other nations. Nations will be dealt with according to the way they deal with Abraham. God pledges to that guaranteed and strange connections, blessing and cursing, so that Abraham is the determinative factor in world history. That's remarkable. But the last part of that statement is even more stunning. God says other nations will have a blessing in you, In you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. For the Jews, that promise to Abraham securely anticipates the community of Israel to come and dig King David's realm in particular. And for Christians, we, this promise foreshadows the coming of Christ and the presence of the church in the midst of the world. For you, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, We are reminded that all people, all families, all persons, friends, neighbors, enemies receive the blessings of Jesus, who himself was a child of Abraham. Israel's life and Abraham's sojourn begins initiated by God's free and compelling speech, and that is helpful for our discernment of God's call. Before any awareness on our part, God initiates our call to faith. We don't invent the call. We may not even be listening for the call. But God sometimes by a still small voice says, Charles. 
Carlina, Walden, go be a teacher, go be an encourager, go be a builder, go be kind or fair or compassionate. The call, you see, begins with God. So go be a session member, go be a deacon, go be a a PNC member, go be a regular member and friend of this congregation. That will help in our period of discernment that God always calls first. I have another pastor friend. I do, by the way, have friends who are not pastors. (laughs) He was looking at two very different positions, interim positions, at one time in his life, and I was pontificating to Roger one day about the pros and cons of each job. And he said to me, you know, Charles, this is, after all said and done, really a call. And my task is to listen for God's Spirit. And Roger had something like 28 interims all over the East Coast, and he was in constant discernment, constant listening, and he became a mentor. He's in heaven now, but he became a mentor to me over the years. God initiates, and we respond. Abraham responded, so Abram went. God speaks, and Abram says not a word. He acts silently and immediately. Abram trusts in the promise. Abram honors the command. At the word of God, Abraham uproots his life, and he's on his way in obedience. No wonder Abraham is reckoned the father of our faith. His exemplary trust in God, taking God's promise at face value, Abraham decisively reorders his life in immediate response to the word of God. He did not linger or hesitate or bargain with God. He simply, what? Went. I have another friend, a businesswoman, who left apartheid South Africa with her husband to work for a nonprofit in the rural south of this country, and she tells a story of hearing an almost audible, certainly palpable voice in South Africa, and then she went. For most of us, the went is not quite as dramatic. The went could be my mom's case. She finished her teaching degree at UCLA in the required five years, decided she was not cut out to be a teacher, so off she went to Johns Hopkins in Baltimore to become a nurse. She went and became a nurse, a Navy nurse, a good Navy nurse. She took care of casualties coming from the European theater during the Second World War. So good that none of us kids could fake being sick for school. She would say, you're not sick, so go to school, and we, we went, right. I encourage you, even if you hear a still small voice, not to linger, hesitate, bargain, but to go. If you're on the wrong road like Jonah, God will find you in the belly of a great fish, spit you back up on the shore, and set your feet in the right direction. If God says go, we need to be like Abraham, whose action is described in the past tense. 
He, you, and I, he went. How many more slides do we have, Sharon? One more. more. Thank you. Finally, notice that the goal is another land for Abram and Sarah. The land is promised, but it's not specified. This journey will take Abraham and Sarah from Canaan to Shechem to Bethel to Ai and finally out to the Negev, the desert. It says if we're given an overview of the places that the nation of Israel would find itself generations later. What is striking about this journey to another land for Sarah and Abraham is that the promise is about a real land. No escapism, no spirituality. The land is material, it's concrete. The promises of God are for real people and real places and sometimes real estate. The promises for a future. Abraham acted not on a promise for the present only, but Abraham and Sarah set their faith for a place, said the writer of Hebrews, that they would receive an inheritance. He set out, says the writer of Hebrews, not knowing where he was going, but who knew? God knew. God knew. Finally, what's striking about this promise is that the land's already occupied. It's claimed by others. God did not call Abram and Sarah to an empty space, but a land full of Canaanites and Shechemites and Bethelites and Aites. And the people of the desert, which means that the promised land is for Abram and for Sarah, it's a land of challenge. So Abram went with his wife, his family, his possessions. He pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai to the east, and he built an altar, and he called upon God's name, a visible demonstration that Yahweh was the God above all local gods, an invocation and prayer that God would be present. So what do we learn from the story of Abraham and Sarah on discernment? Well, some may say, what's to discern? Abram heard audibly the voice of God. Most of us don't hear the actual voice of God. My dad was a faithful pastor for 40 years, and he said if he ever heard God's physical, actual, audible voice, he would fall out of bed. Discernment for me, like Abraham, like our PNC, is that God will always speak first. So first, we need to listen. We need to turn off the noise of the world, the voice of the culture, the ambitions of ourselves, and listen. God will always speak first, and second, we will listen. How does God speak? Through the Scriptures, through His Son, through the Spirit, through the community of faith. That's why we have ten people on the PNC. To what Abraham was a promise is to us a person in Jesus Christ. God speaks and we listen in the person of our Savior. 
So that's scary, isn't it? Because we don't know what the future is. You'll have me in this pulpit for the next few months, but probably not long after that. But you know, as Abraham knew, that someone was going with him. God was going with him. And that was enough. And don't be surprised if two years down the road you encounter some Canaanites and a few Bethelites. Your promised land is going to have its challenges, as will my next promised land. So Session Deacons Bible Study Groups, PNC, this church will continue to be in discernment, And you will take a page, and I will too, from Sarah and Abraham, that God calls first, that we need to listen carefully. Barbara Brown Taylor loves the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, Hear, O Israel. As an Episcopal pastor, she says, this is what we believe in the Nicene Creed, in the Jewish faith, 613 laws of hearing. God calls first. We need to listen carefully. Thirdly, don't be surprised um, if we have challenges along the way. And finally, God always goes with us, with both you and with me. So we have exciting and challenging days before us. And that is the gospel of discernment according to Genesis chapter 12. For the grass withers and the flower fades, but the promises of our God abide forever. Amen. We sing a wonderful hymn of praise. The God of Abram praise. Please rise as we sing together.
We come now to respond to the good news of Christ in our hearts by receiving our morning tithes and offerings. Our ushers will please wait upon us.
please be seated. And now let us go before God in a time of prayer. Loving God, you so loved the world that you gave your only Son, Jesus, for its salvation. You have taught us to pray for all kinds of people in all kinds of circumstances. So hear us as we exercise the priestly role with which you have entrusted us. Holy God, we thank you for this season of Lent as we prepare our hearts and our very selves for the journey to the cross and to Easter. This reflective season is a much needed time for us to concentrate on strengthening our relationship with you. Guide us day by day that this may be a meaningful time. Once again, we are sickened and saddened by a mass shooting. Fifty men, women, and children viciously killed while in worship in New Zealand. Oh God, we know how you love justice and how the disunity in our world must grieve you. We pray for the country of New Zealand and for the world that all may unite in support of these victims' families and that all may come together as one regardless of religion or faith and work together for peace. We pray for your holy church and all its branches and for every member. And we pray for an end to prejudice and bigotry. We pray for the leadership of our nation. May they be guided by your laws above all. May they continually seek the good that our government may be of the people, by the people, and especially for the people. We pray that fighting may end in Syria and that ISIS may be defeated once and for all. Compassionate God, read the names written on our hearts, the members of families and friends from whom we are especially concerned. We remember today those of our congregation needing our prayers. We pray for Joy Costlin, Feathers Collins, and her family. We pray for Kelly as she faces hand surgery this week. We pray for, hand, for Frank Ortiz. And we pray for Pastor Charles' brother, John the Baptist, as he continues in his struggle with cancer. Hear our prayers for them and do for them as you know best. As faithful friends are life-saving medicine, send us to those who are alone, friendless, or depressed. Stretch out your gentle hand to touch the sick in body and spirit. Relieve those in pain, strengthen those who are weak, comfort those who mourn. Cheer those who are despairing and give the dying sure hope in your promise of everlasting life. During these days of Lent, pour out your grace upon us. Cleanse our hearts of all that is not pleasing to you and cause your gift of new life to flourish within us. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen.
Once a month, we come to this service for wholeness, which is out of our own book of common worship as Presbyterians, a service for wholeness for use with a congregation. If you have concerns for yourselves, for your family, friends, nation, world, come forward and uh, Pastor Sharon, certified, ready for call, Amy, myself, these three stations come forward to receive prayer and anointing with oil. Hear the promises of God. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God consoles us in all our affliction so that we may be able to console those who are in any affliction. For just as the sufferings of Christ are abundant for us, so also our consolation is abundant through Christ. Please pray with me. Gracious God, source of all healing, in Jesus Christ you heal the sick and mend the broken. We bless you for this oil pressed from the fruits of the earth, given to us as a sign of healing and forgiveness, and of the fullness of life that you give. By your Spirit, come upon all who receive this ministry of compassion, that they may receive your healing touch and be made whole. To the glory of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. 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 Please come forward.
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each one this day, this night, in the season of Lent, and forevermore. Amen.
This is Pastor Charles Fenson again, and we invite you at any point to come and worship with us here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa. We trust that God has been honored by this worship service and that you have been blessed. God be with you.